Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to episode number 312 of underground sports philadelphia kb and matt coming at you from underground studios we got a lot to dive into especially we've got a team on the brink of a championship matt in the middle of march the delaware blue coats going to the g league finals we'll talk all about that philly spring training the flyers just refusing to play defense and much much more but before we get started Show would not be possible without our awesome and amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. You guys see me wearing the blue light plus glasses every single time I'm on stream, anytime I'm editing a podcast. Anytime pretty much that we're staring into a screen, I'm wearing these blue light plus glasses because you only get one set of eyes. You might as well protect them with the best in the game. And that's our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Right now, go to TomahawkShades.com. Fill up your cart. Matt, they just announced today on their Instagram they're making masks with the Tomahawk logo. They look very clean. Put those in your cart. Anything they've got on their website, fill it up. And when you go to checkout, in the promo code section, type in promo code USP. For 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's a quality product for an affordable price, and they're making it that much more affordable with our promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order. And believe it or not, Matt, it's 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 happening this year. March Madness. We got selection Sunday coming up this weekend. So this tournament season, take care of your hair and holes with the best tools for the job. We're talking about our sponsors, Manscaped, the global leaders in male grooming from head to toe. When the clock winds down in March, be clutch and avoid the upset with Manscaped's performance package to keep all your hair and holes tamed. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today with 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using our code USP for our exclusive offer. Your bracket isn't supposed to be perfect, but with the Manscaped Performance Package, you can you can be confident that your nose, ear, and pubes will most certainly be perfect. The Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and number one overall seed this season. Included in the package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. It provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job? This amazing bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body. It checks every box for a Final Four run. 
Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine and keep you fresh and ready for anything. Get the performance package now to receive two free gifts as well, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Talk about comfort. Hands down, Matt can attest as well. These boxers are our absolute favorite. Another favorite, the Crop Mop Wipes, cool and refreshing ball butt and body wipes to, for peak male hygiene and extra care where it matters most. And your purchase goes towards a good cause because Manscaped has partnered. They partnered with the GOAT, Matt. Might not be a sixer, but they partner with Alex Caruso mm -hmm. and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committing is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as we part uh, as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Thank you to Manscaped for making our holes look sexy during the dance. And that's right, get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. And of course, guys, our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, like, you know, we just talked about tournament season on on the high, you know, right around the corner. You're going to want to have Stateside on deck for all of your viewing needs during March Madness. They're the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in old Kensington, Philadelphia. Unfortunately, we won't be able to take in March Madness there because they're closed due to COVID. But when they open back up, we'll be there because they have a full bar restaurants and they offer distillery tours weekly they're seven times distilled certified gluten-free they ship to 44 states and they've won awards for best package in the world so go to statesidevodka.com right now to purchase your vodka and get 10 percent off with our code usp on the one liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com must be 21 or older to order and of course please drink responsibly that's statesidevodka.com Promo code USP for 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka from our friends at Stateside. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know? We, uh, we've we got a team on the cusp of a, a championship Thursday night, as you guys are listening to this on the audio version, or if you're checking us out live on twitch.tv slash PHI, Delaware Bluecoats, they're heading to the dance. They're going to the finals for the G League championship behind... A lot of guys that we drafted this year, B-Ball Paul in particular, Isaiah Joe just being an absolute machine from mm -hmm. three. Late addition to the bubble as well. Yeah, and uh, Rajon Tucker as well being an absolute force. And with the news today that the Raptors are allegedly not trading Kyle Lowry, you know, if the, the Bluecoats go on and win this title, or if they don't, but we I fully expect them to go in the way that they've been playing as a team to really put up a fight for that trophy – there could be, you know, some reinforcements on the way for the Sixers with some guys that you drafted this year that have put on an absolute dominant performance down in Orlando. Yeah, you're going to see not just with the Sixers, lots of teams now with the because the G League's in a bubble, right? So it's not like how we're typically used to seeing where these guys can be called up on a you know a night or night basis, um, you know, or if there's there's a really like urgent need, you know, someone gets injured, whatever. 
you know, you're not really able to do that this year. Even sending someone down like you had with Isaiah Joe has to like have like a plan to it, you know, because he has to obviously go through COVID protocol and, and all that and, and join in, in in the bubble that they're doing there. So, yeah, you're going to see that over the you know the second half of the season. Um, guys getting called up. You can see it very quickly with the Sixers, depending on what happens uh, this week, right? But yeah, it's, it's a good sign to, you know, you want to have, you want to, you know, youth development isn't always about like winning, right? It doesn't always have to be about winning, you know, the, the G League final or, you know, whatever it is, if it's a youth team or under 23 or whatever, it doesn't always have to be about winning. Sometimes development doesn't necessarily come from that. Um, but it is good to have your players playing well, guys that you've drafted. And the G League is only getting more competitive. You know, you watch it now, and there's guys there, young guys skipping college to go straight to G League, right? Um, and we'll be able to enter the draft this year. Like, uh, you're seeing quite a few, like, first-round picks, you know, being sent down there just to, to get their feet wet a little bit and really being a lot more used as, like, what its intended purposes, which is a developmental league, to get guys used to playing at a higher level um, or just adjusting to, you know, moving to a new country or whatever it is. So there's there's talent there for sure. And, you know, you also look at some of the veterans that are in the G League. There's certainly guys like Jared Jack, right? Like, everyone remembers, like, these types of players that – have played NBA minutes or are on two-way contracts or, or have had, you know, long careers already in the NBA or just anchoring teams. So it's a, it's a good level of competition and it's good that they're playing up to that. And yeah, they just came off a like their most dominant performance in the season. So you could say uh, the Bluecoats are peaking at the right time, which is always good to do. Yeah. And I mean, uh, a lot of people didn't give them a fighting chance yesterday against uh, Toronto's team, the was it Toronto 905? Yeah, 905, yeah. Um, and Ridiculous Upside, which is uh, SB Nation's official like G League blog, uh, they had tweeted, My advice to the Delaware Bluecoats for their matchup against the Raptors 905 is as follows. Hope and pray for missed shots. Because with the incredible way that the 905 has been able to move the ball this year and get open looks, it's tough to see anyone being able to beat them. I think they they had uh, 17 steals. The blue coats did. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, they, had, they yeah they just had a really really dominant performance, and you know that's great to see. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's exciting, you know, to to have them in that position. I think it'll mean a lot to them as well, and, and good for them too for just playing as as good as they are. Like B ball Paul has become like one of our uh, beloved players Children. now. <laughs> yeah, like um, and you know he, he's he's earning that too from having good performances too it's not it's not a meme right you know where it's like oh you know we just love the guy like no he's actually like really playing very well and he could have like a bright future ahead of him and we hope he does so yeah and that's the case for a lot of g league players right again you know in the next five ten years you're going to see guys coming out of this league that um, whether they were drafted or whether they they went straight there from high school like it's going to start changing and trending towards this is going to be like you know, we're, we're talking about March Madness right now, how excited mm-hmm. we are for that. This is going to be on that kind of scope where there's going to, you know, as the years go on here, I think there's going to be a lot more eyes on the G League. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, like, we love B-Ball Paul, and he's playing extremely well. And you got even Daryl Morey, like, tweeting, like, oh, got to go look up what make it out the mud means. And, <laughs> uh, it, it's become one of those things where I think a lot of people are also talking about, like, the potential future of B-Ball Paul being, like, that stretch four five to be Joel Embiid's backup over the next potential couple of years if, you know, say a P.J. Tucker doesn't come in or, you know, with today's latest development that the Kings are going into sell mode and people rumoring Harrison Barnes maybe going to the Celtics. Well, let's bring Rashawn home. Um, You know, 
there's still a lot of doors open for the Sixers right now out of the organization, but if you can work in a guy who you drafted, you know, 57 or 58 in the draft this year and turn him into, you know, that that clutch backup that you've been searching for for years now for Joel Embiid, that's just another, you know, feather in the cap for Daryl Morey for being able to just say, yeah, let's take a flyer on this guy and see what happens. And then you've got your G League coaching staff being able to develop him and, and figure out things in his game to turn him into that NBA level backup. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get, it's crazy because, you know, when you talk about like drafting, right. And how difficult it is. And obviously like hindsight is always way easier, but even just getting a rotation level player, mm-hmm. like if you're picking outside the lottery is good. Like that's a good draft is right. getting someone that can just play like 15 minutes of an NBA game and give you like average quality. Like that is a good draft pick. You know, we, we, we obviously expect that they're all going to be like superstars. That's not the case, right? There's 10 superstars in this league. You're not drafting them every single draft you get. So especially to get one in the second round is especially valuable, obviously, because, you know, the the, the contract situation is more favorable for the team. And, you know, you, you just never know what you're getting, right? Like, and some of that is developmental. Some of that is also just if you really believe in a guy or you have a sense about him or, or whatever kind of scouting you did, it's great. And that's, I think, this is one of the reasons that, uh, like Sixers fans were so frustrated over the last few years because we kept throwing away these mm-hmm. second round picks, um, you know, and and we'll, we're just selling them for the future. Like Milton, right? Like another guy, like that's you know having an impact this year. That was a second round pick, and these guys, you can you can get like talent and value out of them, you know. And again, like uh, like Paul Reed, I don't know what his future holds, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, obviously his stock is high amongst us, and we all love him, and I, I think he can certainly like work his way into the NBA, but. It's also like his rookie year in a truncated season. He's been in the bubble. He's going to have to adjust a lot. So, you know, there's the, the sky's the limit for him for sure. Like he can develop still. But, you know, you look at someone like Shake, who's taken two years to get to a level now where he's like really like being much more productive and he looks more confident and his body's filled out a little bit more. That's obviously more of a task for like a guard sometimes than, than necessarily a big man. But, you know. This is like the beginning stages, certainly, and he's showing a lot of promise early on, um, which could definitely be huge, you know, if, if you're looking towards the future and what his his role within the organization is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you can't look at it any other way as positive, right? Because right. this is it's 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 good to have this kind of production, and it's good to have like at least raise the question about okay, well, this second round pick that we had, we think he might have a future with the team. That's a good position to find yourself in. <laughs> Hey, hey you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast right now. You're listening to an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. You should probably know that we have an entire catalog of podcasts on this network. So what I want you to do right now, once you finish this episode, after you finish subscribing, leaving a five-star review down in the Apple Podcast section, I want you to search Underground Sports Philadelphia And go check out our catalog of podcasts, especially our flagship TV and movie podcast for streaming services called Streamer Season. We have breakdowns of amazing shows coming out weekly. You should definitely check it out. That's Streamer SZN. Search it on your favorite podcast app and give us a follow on social media. You won't regret it. Check out all the awesome podcasts on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network and thank me later. Now, back to the show.
and a lot of people have talked about, you know, B-Ball Paul, obviously Isaiah Joe's going to be back with this team once the bubble's done. And then Rayshon Tucker's put on a show in the bubble, and I think he's another, like, sneaky candidate to, like, come in here down the stretch and be a guy that contributes on a, a number of levels, and I think his game has the potential to translate to the NBA level. In every sport, I am a youth forward type of person. I, I think you should always, you know, obviously they, they can have a better read on, like, uh, like confidence and, like, mentality and, like, whether or not throwing someone, like, right in the deep end. I'm not necessarily saying, like, draft a guy at 53 and mm-hmm. start him, you know, immediately. But, you know, we I think the biggest sport, right, for youth development and things like this is baseball, right? Because the farm system is so, like, integral to winning in baseball, unlike any other sport, I don't think. Except for maybe football, where you're constantly having to draft. But you expect first, second round, third round picks in the NFL to play immediately. Like you, you draft a, a first round pick, you're expecting that person to be a starter, you know, pretty much right away. Whereas in baseball, you want them to work. I, I've, you know, we were constantly scratching our head about why we we don't call guys up sooner. You know, like why are we waiting? And I think it's the same thing for for the NBA. I think call these guys up, even if you don't play them. Just I think the experience of of being like getting in the routine of being a professional, being around the guys, being around the team is is almost certainly helpful. Um, and why not see what they have? You know, like I I just I wish if I was a GM, if I was a, a front office person, I would always be advocating for if a guy's showing some promise, just give him the shot at the very least. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I I think it's 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 a hundred percent worth it to just give young guys the chance and just give them give them you know and and understand too that you know Paul Reed could get called up after the 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 G League bubble and and not look great at the NBA level and I don't think anyone would be like shocked right and that's not a slight on him it's just a huge adjustment you know as good as the G League has gotten it's still not the NBA it's still not at the level it's not at the pace you're not facing the kind of talent that you're going to face every single night in the NBA um so if he struggles then that's fine because guess what <laughs> he has time to develop you know that you can have patience with a guy and I, again i you know you could view it as a reward even for like you've been really like impressive obviously like obviously playing very well like this is your reward like this is what's waiting for you and i think that's also beneficial to a young player so i would love to see him get a chance i'd love to see all these guys at least get a chance to to at least practice play with the team right um Obviously, in a year like this, it's tough because of of COVID, right? Like, it's hard to have like rejoining bubbles and and travel. You know, is, is likely to be limited. But yeah, I mean, the more you can get these guys invested in within the team, the better. Because the the way forward for the Sixers is development from within. They're not going to be able to sign big free agents. Any talent acquisition is going to have to be like via trade. And the only other way is drafting well, which again we've we've done again apparently this year, uh, yeah. which hasn't again. <laughs> as much as you want to say about the Sixers the last few years, I think the only positive you can glean from a lot of it has been that they've been pretty good with their first and second round picks. They've made mm-hmm. some pretty smart decisions. Um, Especially seeing that with like Shake Milton over the past I'd right. say two seasons now. Right, exactly. Like you, you're seeing guys like. At least, like, again, if you can have someone provide rotational minutes, that's huge. Like, again, like, think of how many... There are 60 players drafted every single draft. Not, like... Not every second-round pick is Draymond Green. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, not every single player even stays in the league. Right. You know, like, even first-round picks, right? Like... We've, we've seen it with players that we've drafted in the first round or drafted even in the lottery and not, you know, not being able to find their place in the league, right? Like 
it's not easy, even if they're they're, they're highly uh, talented coming out of college or wherever. Like it's not easy to make your place in in any professional sport, right? Like there's tons of competition. The talent level is huge. So I just think um, you know whatever we get out of these guys, if if they do end up developing into something great, that's awesome, and that's exactly what you hope for when you when you draft, right? But um, yeah, I I would just preach patience, but also patience in terms of let's look at the realistic expectations of these guys because they're playing great but if they come up to the nba and they struggle you know isaiah joe like in his some of his minutes he's had like he's had good moments right mm-hmm. he's also had like really bad defensive moments. but again you expect that you, you don't expect a guy you, you drafted in late in the second round that's 21 22 years old to come in and be as like as solid as a veteran you have like high basketball iq like just nowhere to be all the time like that's not common you know like that's hard to find um so yeah i think i think patience all around for these guys is important yeah and uh obviously the the g league championship game is thursday night so we'll definitely be tuned in with that and you know it's a huge testament to connor johnson head coach of the blue coats who was here through brett brown uh and his era of coaching the sixers and doc rivers you know, took that that leap of faith and and stuck with somebody that was still with the organization. He's been able to adapt to what Doc Rivers' system is now, and he's taken this team to a, a new level. They won a, a playoff game now two for the first time in franchise history, and I think it's a, a huge testament to him and his coaching staff for what they've been able to do with the talent around them and drastically altering the way that they played last year to this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like this is. Um you want to have good people developing your young players, right? Like you, you need to have like a certain skill set and, and a certain mentality. Um, and that's clearly what we have here, you know, in terms of getting them to buy in at least, which isn't easy, right? Cause mm-hmm. you're again with the G league too, you're working with a lot of like hodgepodge, you're not, you're not working with a solidified team. Like you are with any of the NBA level teams where these guys are part of the roster, unless a trade or whatever, like, you have guys rejoining, not joining, like half your roster isn't even technically like part of your organization, right? Like it's all, <laughs> there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to work through there. Um, yeah. And I think he deserves tons of, tons of credit for how they've, how they performed for sure. And uh, on the Sixers front, we got some breaking news. Uh, the Spurs are working on trade scenarios with LaMarcus Aldridge and have been engaged on several fronts. Sources tell Adrian Wojnarowski. Wow. That's interesting. It's an interesting name. It kind of fits the the position-wise, I guess you could say, of what maybe the Sixers are looking for, of kind of like Aldridge can play the four, he could be that backup five, when him beads off the court. He's a, he's a free agent after this year. He's making $24 million, so a little bit less than a Kyle Lowry as well. Is that somebody... It, that you could think of, or would you still go the PJ Tucker route and have like that small ball five? Lamarcus Aldridge is obviously like a good player, right? But I don't think, even on an expiring, I don't know that he's like what the Sixers need, and I'm not sure that he'd like find his like purpose here either. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a weird that's a weird fit for us personally. I would be surprised if, if we're in for that, but it, it is interesting, obviously, too, because. Spurs are typically not a team that do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously an organization that doesn't believe in blowing it up and tanking or any of that because 
you know, especially as a smaller market, it's hard to get out of that hole once you once you get digging. Um, look at like Sacramento, right? So, yeah, that's interesting though. Um, I I would definitely be curious where he ends up. I just don't see the Sixers as like the as the, the actual destination for him. I just don't think that's a fit. I think if you're if you're prioritizing a, a midseason move, it has to be for something that this team doesn't have. We have someone who can score on the interior. We like you know, the 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 plus of Lamarcus Aldridge is Joel Embiid. Like right. you know, it um what we need is is that uh guard who can like anchor between the starting and the second unit like someone like Kyle Lowry would be fantastic or if you're able to somehow get yourself involved in a Zach Levine trade, right? Like those are the types of players you're more targeting than LaMarcus Aldridge. And a follow-up, Greg Popovich on LaMarcus Aldridge. You said we've mutually agreed for him to work on some opportunities elsewhere. And obviously some moves have already started to happen um, where, you know, Detroit bought out Blake Griffin. He's going to Brooklyn. So now they have a quote unquote big four. Haven't really seen Blake Griffin do too much over the past couple of years with Detroit. He's battled some injuries, so I don't know what he's got going on, you know, in terms of what he's going to be able to provide for them. But obviously it's just another cog in their wheel to throw at teams like the Sixers and the Bucks, And uh, obviously if they end up getting to the finals, the Lakers. But now you kind of have to start thinking about, all right, what are the Sixers going to do? And then the Athletic comes out today talking about the Kings have shifted to seller mode where, you know, the, the Celtics trade exception could potentially open up the door for them to acquire Harrison Barnes. Is there anybody on the Kings? Obviously, Nemanja Bielitsa, somebody that we've talked about too, oddly enough, as uh, somebody the Sixers could look at, but the Kings now in seller mode kind of confirming at least two or three teams now locked into moving on to next year. Yeah, I, I think the Kings are interesting. The problem with the Kings is that Harrison Barnes value is, is high, right? And he's a good player. Like I, I think Harrison Barnes has had like an interesting career already. I think it'd be a good fit in Boston in terms of what he gives. Um, but he doesn't fit with what their timeline is, right? Like there's, there's two guys on that roster that are, are good right now and are well-paid, but aren't fitting for the future. And that's Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is obviously somewhere over the summer, like, you could not like log on to Twitter without seeing <laughs> something about him coming to the Sixers. Again, I don't know like value wise what you're paying for them, especially Buddy Heald is going to be starting like that really good contract that he signed for himself. Um, I don't know if you're like you're willing to pay up for that and, and be saddled with whatever that contract is, right? Like that's that's obviously a big ask. So the Kings are are just looking to at least get something for these guys knowing that they're they're having to retool here they have what i think is a really really interesting and talented backcourt with with uh, fox and halliburton like i love I, I love the fit with the both of them and I, I like what their future looks like with those guys but they have lots of other question marks as well right like they have to figure out that front court like bagley is just not really fitting they have questions about their coach as well like that whole organization is in a weird transition stage too because they also got a recently just got a new front office Luke Walton isn't the coach that the front that front office wanted. A lot of these guys that they dra- that are on the team aren't draft picks from them. Like they, there's lots to figure out and and get through if you're if you're looking at the King situation. So I don't see Harrison Barnes on this team. I think he would make a great addition to someone like Boston though. Um, to me, it's it's similar to how we view like Kyle Lowry or, or or like one of those guys where it's like 
you're not really going to be able to like your chances of getting a better player in the summer are low Mm -hmm. like lower compared to just going out and getting a guy you know will be a good fit right like you're you're, it's just a it's just a value decision on would we rather get like known quantity and quality and talent in harrison barnes or like take a risk and try and you know, just wait till the summer and, and see what happens with still have the trade exception, whatever. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if, if Boston pulls the trigger. But, yeah, you, you have to be aware of it. And, you know, the Blake Griffin thing, I think it's a little overblown. I think everyone's, like, still thinking this is Blake Griffin from, like, 2015, right. which he just is in. Lob City Blake. He's had lots of injuries. He, does, he is not the same player. I say what's interesting about Blake Griffin is that he's a great ball handler for a big, which is going to be super, super interesting for Brooklyn. Um, but... Like this idea that he's like dunking over Kia cars again, yeah. like it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a good addition for them, of course. Like let's let's not pretend, but um, you know we'll, we'll see how how he looks. Obviously, as well, he didn't look great in Detroit, like really a shell of himself. But that could also just been a terrible situation. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that works for us. But yeah, it's a lot of teams around yeah. us potentially strengthening. And then I mean, with the Kings situation, because we talked about PJ Tucker over the past couple of weeks too. Sean Holmes, he's been here before. He's on a cheap contract, an expiring contract. Would kind of move like Dwight to that like third role where you don't have to expose him as much because as much as like we've loved the signing of Dwight Howard, there's moments where like you want to pull your hair out. Yeah, I, I don't see the Kings moving, Rashawn. Like, obviously, it'd be great for us, but I think they they really like him. And, I mean, he's, like, beating out Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's clearly someone that they're interested in having. I, I think they ideally want to be keeping him. And also, I'm not sure the Sixers would prioritize, like, re-signing him. Um, you know, this is a guy that's probably going to want to get paid or at least, like, be in a situation where he has the chance to win, you know, a starting job or, like, be, like high up in the minutes list he wouldn't be either of those things here um so yeah i I don't know that it'd be it'd be great obviously but i'm not sure that holmes is uh like a a real like like he's a real target for us and then i guess the last big name that's been thrown around recently and i feel like a lot of people were talking about it before and then he got traded in the harden deal is victor oladipo yeah it's it's the rockets are bad um and they have incentive to be absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't remember what the pick protection is. I think I'm gonna say it's top four protected this year, so they have to be in that like top, or I guess realistically bottom. And there's there's another team like that too with Minnesota where uh, I believe it's top three protected. So like these teams like have an incentive to just be like downright bad. I forget how many games it is going into the All Star break that the Rockets had lost. I want to say it was like twelve or thirteen in a row. Like clearly spiraling clearly like not just it's just not fitting very well um yeah as far as Oladipo's like talent I think he could be good the issue is is that this is a guy with uh unfortunately like an injury history already you're gonna have to pay him I just I don't know like I'm happy with bankrupting Josh Harris I don't know that uh Daryl Morey is in that same position or same mindset um and I I just think again you know we complain about the contracts that we already have. I'm not sure that like overpaying likely for what you'd have to keep to Oladipo is necessarily what you're like after here. So the Rockets in the Harden deal, all the picks are unprotected. (laughs) 
Hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. If you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know we have a whole catalog of podcasts, a number of franchises under our umbrella, and I want you to do me a favor. Once you're done listening to this episode, once you're done subscribing, leaving a five-star rating or review on the Apple Podcast feed, like we know you always do, I want you to hop over and check out the Outside the Box podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's our flagship pro lacrosse podcast. Ton of fun stuff, amazing interviews, content. We know that lacrosse, you know, we're still in a bit of a limbo period, but hey, do us a favor, check it out, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and maybe learn about the sport of the future. And with that, let's get back to the show. No, like they their first round pick is owed oh. to someone this year. Um, I want to say it's the Thunder as part of the Westbrook Westbrook yeah. trade. Um, yeah, so they 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 do not own their first round pick like outright. There's like exceptions to that, and it, it's top four protected, I believe. So like they have to if they they can't be like in between. <laughs> they have yeah. to be absolutely terrible or like a playoff competitive team and they have injuries too which has not helped their their case at all uh this year um you know and, and that's been difficult for them not really being able to like establish rhythm but yeah they're they're in, a, in a, a tough position yeah so obviously trade deadline is in two weeks uh it's gonna get crazy now that the all-star break is over and now that the all-star break's over obviously the Sixers have a game thursday night we won't have joel Embiid or ben simmons due to uh, protocol issues with trying to get a fresh cut, uh, which kind of sucks. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and who ends up getting a bunch of playing time in place of Ben and Joel. More than likely Dwight Howard and maybe Tyrese Maxey gets a lot more burn than what he has over the past couple of weeks or even month now that he's kind of been removed from the rotation. Um, but it sucks that coming out of the break and in this, like, gauntlet stretch we don't have our two superstars yeah um this is like knowing the ending to a book or like you, you know what's gonna happen in that yep. movie like it's like oh it's the sixth sense you know you wait till you get to the spoilers <laughs> like well, everyone knows the twists you know like uh i can tell you the sisters are gonna lose yeah <laughs> um which isn't great it, it sucks yeah because you're in a you're in a tight race for for the top of the east and now you're missing your two all-stars because of a barber incident only like how you know like it's just it's it's very frustrating because it's not even like you know like of all the ways to like have like a covid scare like it's through like getting a haircut like that just sucks <laughs> it's just yeah um so yeah and, and of course it was during the all-star break when we really shouldn't have had an all-star game this yeah. year like all things considered and then like they all want to like all the like big NBA reporters want to like thump their chest out or like see everything was fine. It's like well, it almost wasn't. <laughs> like right. you know, like I don't know. I just hate the uh, popping the confetti and all that. Like right after, like it's like we how... know all about popping confetti too early. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's like you know, like with the NFL right when they were constantly like, oh, they yeah. persevere. It's like yeah, <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. It's certainly not going to help. Uh, or, or harbor help harbor any love towards Adam Silver among the Sixers fan base. Um, I'm sure there was plenty of also conspiracy 
uh, theories going around about Adam Silver's role in all of this. I just think it was, it was stupid to have the All-Star game mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, you know, it's just an unnecessary risk. You gathered literally all of your best players and faces of the league in a central location during a pandemic. Uh, it's just well done. In a yeah. place that's been heavily open yeah, right. for months. It's It's just... <laughs> It just seemed like a, a bad decision, and obviously now it, it seems like everything worked out okay-ish. But even then, you know, like your top team in the East is now without two All Stars, yep. and it wasn't because technically it wasn't because of the All Star game, right? But it's for just, the second time this right. season. It's just stupid, it, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They had that um, the same kind game. of thing. Uh, so it yeah, it, it hurts, but you know you'll push through it. I would just say. Watch the games if you really want to, I guess. But I, I mean, you got to be like some kind of massive. Like you, like we're. It's the Bulls and Wizards, so mm-hmm. we have a chance at least, right? Like they're they're both teams that like you certainly could still beat theoretically. But damn, like we've seen this team without Embiid, it doesn't look great. And now you're also like you don't even have like Simmons to potentially give you like a little boost. Like that's brutal. But it's Tobias Harris time, I guess. Yeah snubbed all-star revenge season uh but i guess the quote-unquote bright side is when both ben and joel are eligible to come back sixers at home yeah first um, time in front of fans yeah which is you know obviously going to be interesting <laughs> i think that's massive for joel and bead I, I think it goes both ways with him i think in some ways he uh he obviously like plays to the crowd and he certainly like feeds off the energy but also i, I think I don't know that it's a coincidence that he's had like his best basketball mm-hmm. of his career without a crowd to like worry about. I don't know if that makes sense. I just feel yeah. like I feel like there's certainly like a, just a level of expectation or pressure. expectation pressure, and also I think just like your mental preparation for like playing in front of a crowd mm-hmm. versus just going out there and playing an empty arena like has to be a little different, you know? Like so, I wonder if that has like helped him at all, or, or maybe it's he'll be even better in front of fans. Yeah, it, it'll certainly be great because uh, he deserves to like get like public appreciation for how he's played <laughs> this year, uh, and it, it'll be nice to have that happening again. And uh, before we move on to uh, the Phils and the Flyers, you know we're going in the second half. I feel it's appropriate we give our our first half grades for this Sixers team. Uh, and it's pretty obvious we're giving Joel Embiid an A+. But, you know, I, I guess going through the starting five and some of the key players, how would you kind of grade this first half of the 2020-2021 season? I would give the Sixers, I would say, uh, an A-. I think, like, this uh, this has been above their expectations. I think they've been uh, very good. It hasn't been perfect. There's still, like, weaknesses. There's certainly room for improvement, but... Overall, like you're like at like a 90, 91, you know, like you're you're doing pretty good for yourself. Yeah, I think they've they've put themselves in a good position. I think uh, there's been some really positive improvement, right? And I think there's lots to be like optimistic towards, you know, th- this team going forward. Like they they clearly have the ability to be contending this year, which is what you want. You know, that's what we always wanted. Whereas if you would asked what my expected grade would have been, you know, in like <laughs> August, I would have said like, I don't know, like a D like it, it, genuinely that's how mm-hmm. low my, my belief was in this team. And that was before lots of change. So yeah, I, I would say it's there. 
probably yeah like an a minus would be be where I, i'd be at with the sixers as a whole yeah i mean this is the first season since 2001 that they've gone into the all-star break in first place in the east first time the winning percentage has been two-thirds or higher like as much as some of the games have been frustrating overall they're playing damn good basketball and it feels like they really are just like that one additional way that we've talked about over you know the past few playoff runs where it's like we felt like we were that one addition away and at one point it was Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova and then you know it was like let's go get Al Horford in free agency and JJ Redick is the piece and now Jimmy just, Butler even Jimmy Butler <laughs> like now it really feels like they just need that one last piece of the puzzle to go in and you know go head to, head to head with the Nets and the Bucks and uh, really just prove that like this team is legit and they're doing all the right things. And I think the moves from the draft to free agency to filling out this roster have just been perfectly executed by the front office. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, when you have like just competency, it's, it's amazing what happens. And you saw it through the draft, right? We just waxed lyrical about like Paul Reed and like the fact like Isaiah Joe, like the, these these selections we made this year, right? And now um, guys like Seth Curry and, and how like what a great addition he's made to this team. And even Danny Green, even though he's obviously like involved in a lot of trade discussion, he's still been, a, I think, a valuable player to us this year. So, yeah, I think a lot of that credit also has to go to the front office and you know we don't like Josh Harris don't appreciate him but I do uh I think he made a great decision in hiring I think the Rockets made a terrible decision and I think we made uh the smartest decision we've made probably since hiring Sam Hinkie and hiring Daryl Morey like a, a a branch from the same kind of tree so yeah I think uh the Sixers have really uh improved <laughs> improved a lot yeah absolutely and Hopefully it continues, you know, moving into the second half of the season. And uh, we hope improvement is also hitting the boys down in Clearwater uh, as the Phillies, you know, continue to approach the season getting here. Obviously announced that fans will be in attendance at Citizens Bank Park when the season starts. Um, but overall, man, I, I've been getting updates because not all the spring training games are televised. Uh, just so stupid. Get your shit together, baseball. Um, put them on Twitch. Put them on like, really like, like the G League puts their games on Twitch. Like, like it's not, not hard. that hard. <laughs> it's, really it's really not. not. I mean, the NFL is on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I remember in the NFL season, like they had um like the Thursday night games because those were like part of like you could watch those on Amazon mm -hmm. Prime, and obviously Twitch is owned by Amazon, so like they had like streamers watching the game, like and you could like hang out and like. You know, watch it with like a different like group. Like, just do that. It's really so not simple. Hard. Um, but we we've talked about it for weeks. This bullpen, man, I am stoked. They're they're throwing absolute heat. Um, and I think one thing I brought it up on the last episode, but one th and I tweeted it too. We're not talking enough. You know, obviously with Adam Hazley's injury everybody's putting the spotlight on, you know, how well Odubel Herrera is playing and, you know, the conflict of him being on the roster. We're not talking enough about how Mickey Moniak is playing mm -hmm. out of his mind and truly deserves an opportunity to win the starting center field job to start the season. I don't want to take credit for this, but uh, last season he tweeted about how awesome, uh, like, everything was going, right, like, with the Phillies and, like, all this and um, 
I said, you're next. And with a bunch of hearts. And I don't know. He came. I think he took, I think Mickey Moniak really took that to heart. And I appreciate him. And you know what? I think he's, he's playing very well. Yeah, it's, it's good. You know, like we, we had like a few young guys, obviously that, that can make this step up now. And, um, spring training is the time to see that. I, again, spring training is like, whatever you want to take out of it, you can take out of it. Right. If you want to be like overly negative or positive, I feel like spring training preseason, whatever it is in any sport has very little bearing to me on like my, uh, like I have a mental, physical, emotional reaction when my like favorite sports teams lose games mm-hmm. or win games, specifically when they lose. I feel much, <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> um, I don't feel anything during preseason games or spring training games except like a lot of excitement and knowing that the regular season is coming soon. So yeah, obviously the performances are good. That's what you're mostly looking for in these. Like the results aren't super important. Um, the fact that the bullpen looks like, I don't know, an average MLB bullpen is just like a sight for sore eyes for us. It's a little bit like the Sixers that we just talked about where it's like the bar is so low that you can't possibly like F it up because right. you, you have to, there, there's no way we could get lower. Like genuinely, like last year was historically bad <laughs> bullpen. There's just no way unless by design and by like nefarious deed, could you possibly get worse? Uh, and that brings me to, you know, just kind of setting our expectations for this team. Obviously, it seems like JT is going to be back for opening day. The way that things have developed, they're going to have an update, I think, by the end of this week on his injury. But, you know, this is year three of Bryce Harper. And it came out earlier this week that he was dealing with a back injury for like the last six weeks of the season. I think that's when he got pulled from that one game, missed a few games, but played through it. Probably threw off, you know, when when a season's two months and six weeks of the season, you're dealing with a back injury as an outfielder. Uh, probably plays, plays a big part in, you know, ups and downs, but I think this is going to be a big year for Bryce in terms of like, it's not first year with the team. It's not uprooting your family from Vegas to come to Philadelphia. It's not moving from DC. It's not all those big high in the sky expectations. And then it's not going to spring training, having a worldwide pandemic shut down spring training, You're kind of in limbo for two months waiting for baseball to figure things out and then playing a shortened 60-game season that was also hampered by a back injury as an outfielder. Right. I think this is where we'll finally see, like, a glimpse of the Bryce Harper that we fully expected to be here um, where he could go out and, you know, hit 35 to 40 home runs. He could, you know, continue to get on base and be, like, that catalyst that this team needs, but... What would you say your three expectations for Bryce Harper are for you? Uh, MVP campaign, uh, lifting the World <laughs> Series down. <laughs> I, I think what you outlined is pretty reasonable for Bryce. I've always felt that he's not hes not a guy you sign knowing that he's like, he could certainly have an MVP mm-hmm. level year again. And we saw like glimpses of that last year. We even saw glimpses of that in his first season too. He, he has a tendency to have like absolutely insane like, three week stretches and even in like the down period between then he's still a very good baseball player but there's there's definitely like always like two or three like stints like that throughout the season that he has where he's just he's unplayable you and they're just, more lengthy than some of these other suit where like a Juan Soto or right. Acuna will go down for like a week and like have a, a small slump 
Bryce has had, you know, his first two years in Philly, they've, they've kind of lasted two weeks, two and a half weeks, and it's been a, a hamper on the team. And that's why I think having a full year of Alec Bohm, where we saw last year, anything that came his way, he was bat on ball, making something happen while he was at the plate. And I think having a full year of him more than likely hit behind Bryce is going to help him in so many ways. Yeah, Alec Bohm is obviously going to be huge as well because you're adding something that was like half involved last year. Like he didn't really have like a full like, again, yeah, like we can't forget how disruptive the season was by COVID. Um, Okay, so you can finally, I was just Googling, you can finally get Alec Bohm jerseys. There we go. Maybe. They're $300, so I don't know. Okay, Phillies. MLB, please, for the love of God. <laughs> I don't care if it's a jersey. I want Alec Bohm on my back. <laughs> I, but I don't want to spend $300 for it. No offense, Alec. You're, you're definitely worth that much and much, much more to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Bryce is going to have a, another good year. He hasn't – it's strange. He hasn't had, like, terrible, like, slumps, you know, like you, like you see quite a bit in baseball just because there's, there's so many games being played and so fast – and yeah, he's had obviously like huge moments already. Um, I just think that like the burden has been too much on him in the last few years to be like that catalyst for the team at times. And, you know, you look at some of the hitting around him while we certainly have like good offensive players. I think the biggest thing that we're constantly driving home is like our clutch hitting has been awful, horrendous, mm-hmm. terrible, like constantly leaving guys on base. That's something that has to change this year. Like, along with the bullpen, it has, we haven't really talked about it very much um, just because there's no way to, like, change that in the offseason. That's mm-hmm. just you have to wait and see if that's improved somehow. Um, but, you know, like, we we love JT, right? We love especially his defensive capabilities. But even offensively, he's a very good player. He's, like, a huge culprit of yes. leaving, like, 11 guys on base in a game. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come like, on, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I just... So hopefully that's 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 a definitely something you hope changes this year, and I think Alec Bohm can definitely be a, a part of that change, part of the catalyst. Let's not forget, Reese Hoskins had a really yep. good second half of last Before season. Injury. Right, like he started to really turn a corner and like was getting a lot more consistency in his game, and I would be really surprised if we don't see that again from him this year. Like I think a lot of it was mental and confidence with him. I refuse to believe that like he does. He's not talented anymore. Like I just don't. I don't see that. Uh, with Reese, I, I think he still has plenty of talent. I think he has plenty of drive, and it's all about just, I think, having that confidence in himself, and you have to believe that he's going to have that this year. And, again, it'll help that you you know that you're going to have, likely, at least, God forbid, <laughs> a, a full season, and it'll be a yeah. little bit more normal. Um, that'll probably help everyone, but, yeah. So hopefully things keep, you know, trending upwards with the Phillies, and if baseball can just, you know, figure it out and, uh, you know, get these games on TV or – not do the dumb thing of having it on radio and simulcasting the broadcast from TBS. Oh, that's what the Blue Jays are doing this year. And I'm like, what are we doing, guys? Come on. I don't get it. Um, last bit of sports news before we get to our weird story of the week, which I just found from today. And I'm going to give Matt a glimpse of it so he knows what we're getting into. Um, the Flyers, man, they... Uh, <laughs> Speaking, they, speaking of lacking confidence, <laughs> they continued to just say, "Yeah, we're not going to play defense." It's it's scary. Um, Obviously, they won last night, but again, 
it, it was a goal scoring fest. And for a team that has deep playoff run aspirations, continuing to leave their two goalies just hanging them out to dry. And we've talked about this for weeks now. It, it just seems like it continues to get worse and worse. You lose the mini series in Pittsburgh, you lose to the Capitals, and it, it's playing catch up almost. Like they were down 3 1 to the Sabres before they force overtime and a shootout, which could not believe they wanted a shootout. Right. Um, it's just like they have all the offensive firepower you could ever want. And then on the back end, when we were sold this bill of goods that we have all these young defensemen, they're they're going to be the future, and either they haven't panned out, they're injured, or they just were never that good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit of a struggle. And obviously, it's interesting that the Flyers had like that tiny break for COVID, right? Like, So they've played less games than a lot of other teams right but like they're still like like and goals against right like they're still like bottom like like bottom half of of the league right like Mm -hmm. when you look at like power play like they're not performing well in the power play like special teams like penalty kills bad again like it's these like those margin areas of the game especially like special teams that just haven't been going well for the flyers they haven't been getting like good performances um carter hart i mean is in like He's in a bad place right now. Clearly, like, it, confidence is not really there for him. And, um, yeah, like, Brian Elliott is, like, your number one goalie right now, which is not what you would have expected coming in this season. I think if you would have been assured of one thing, it's probably would have been of Carter Hart's ability and his place in the team. You expect him to work that out. But, yeah. yeah. People forget, like, how young Carter Hart still right. is and how rushed he was to the NHL level. Yeah, exactly. So, you know that's a guy that you're going to have to just like have patience with and, and take time with. And you expect that he's going to work it out over the course of the season, but it's hard to, to kind of have wiggle room for like development and growing pains while you're trying to contend. That's it's, it's a difficult situation for the flyers, but you can't keep depending on coming back from like three, four goal deficits to win games. Cause that's just not a sustainable or a good strategy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a it's a wild ride right now. I think if you're <laughs> if you're in with the Flyers, and it's one of those things like the trade deadline for the NHL is April 12th, I believe. So you got about a month to go evaluate, figure out, okay, what's going to be the ideal move that's going to help this team. And at this stage of the game, with how poor the defense has been playing as a unit and just individually, it's almost like the Flyers need at least two defensemen to come in here. And then that also raises the the question, like, how are those new guys, if and when they eventually make a trade for a defenseman or more, how are they going to mesh in with the current team? Yeah, exactly. Those are all questions that are always difficult to answer when you talk about, like, midseason acquisitions, right? But it's clear the Flyers could, like, use an upgrade, or at least, like, they could use, like, a vacation. <laughs> like a, yeah. They could really use, like, it hasn't, like, honestly, like, I don't think the the COVID break helped very much. No. Like, I think you're still seeing some effects of like not quite having that rhythm and not quite having that consistency. I, I think it's a really, really difficult position for like a lot of these guys to be in. So I think there's like a, a human component to that as well, um, which, which might, you know, shake free. But yeah, I mean, this, the scoring hasn't been much the problem, which is strange because I think early on in the season, we were complaining about how the scoring had dried up and it was continuation from the playoffs. And now, 
it, like you can't really have one or the other really like it's just you you're you're either you're shipping goals but you're still like producing on the other end like that's it's i mean they're a fun watch i think if you're mm-hmm. a neutral fan i think you probably if you're always, a betting man yeah you're betting the over right you're probably very interested in the flyers because they're probably a pretty fun team if you don't really have a stake but um i think for flyers fans it certainly isn't good for like your health and different from what we saw in the nfl and in the nba from what we've seen with trades and buyouts and stuff the nhl does have a quarantine period if you get traded which i just learned if it is a trade uh with u.s based teams so usa to usa it's a seven day quarantine period if it's u.s to canada it's a 14 day quarantine period and then if it's canada to canada it's a 48 hour quarantine period so that also has North to go America, into, it's huge apparently <laughs> that also has to come into your thought process if you're a gm in the nhl of like okay what do we need when are we going to execute this trade yeah so we know when this this new player is going to be coming into the fold and he can practice with us and you know get accustomed to our system and and playing with his new teammates yeah i mean covid adds like tons of wrinkles that you know we'll probably never really even fully understand when talking like all that like covid like quarantining and protocol stuff like you know you've heard it all throughout sports that it's so much harder now for like guys can't go out and like have like dinners and go to like bars Mm -hmm. and stuff like a lot of that like betting in period and like not even just from like getting used to the system or whatever just like you're going think of it like this like you're you're getting a new job like you're moving to a new city like that's not easy to do under normal circumstances now like you can't like it's hard for these guys like actually like go and just hang out like that's not it's not easy to do uh you know it's not easy just to get someone out of their house now even like it's just it's tough yeah, uh, so hopefully Chuck Fletcher's on the horn and figuring something out for this team because the longer he waits, the more frustrating it's going to be for this Flyers team and, and for Flyers fans, especially now that they're back at Wells Fargo Center um, because they just do not play defense. It's it's a wild thing to, uh, to observe. Just like our weird news story of the week, according to uh, Rudder's Business, a man soaked in bean dip for 24 hours to save his favorite restaurant, Hunter Ray Barker, aimed to attract diners to Mexican restaurant Los Toros in Los Angeles, California. Uh, apparently, he's a stuntman um, soaking in a inflatable pool filled with bean dip for 24 hours to save your favorite restaurant. Is it something you would be in the market to do if your favorite restaurant needed it, Matt? If they needed it, yes. Uh, do you remember the Budweiser? I think it was Budweiser commercials. Uh, the real man of genius. Yes. Uh, this feels like one of like, <laughs> so here's to you, man, who sat in bean dip for 24 yes. hours to save your, <laughs> like, good for him. Someone should buy him a beer. Um, you know what? Sometimes you just got to step up and be the hero that everyone else wishes they could be, which is soaking yourself in bean dip in an inflatable pool in a parking lot for 24 hours. <laughs> Uh, you have to respect the commitment. You have to. Ab- above all else, that's unbelievable. I'm assuming the... Re- I have questions about the logistics and, uh, like, was, like, some wealthy donor, like, I will only save this <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I have a very niche fetish <laughs> of you sitting in bean dip for 24 hours, and that's the only way I'll save this restaurant. I I guess it must have just been, like, a, a stunt to get, like, donations. I don't know. 
Uh, it says his idea stunned Nicholas Montano, the owner of Los Toros, which was founded in 1967 uh, in Northwest Los Angeles. And he goes, I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? Montano said. And he goes, yeah, I think it would be fun. And it's something I want to help, uh, you know, to help the business. Barker's devotion does not waver even when nature calls. Uh, so he says, the big thing that uh, people asked was, what are you going to do? When it comes to going to the bathroom. <laughs> and he says, I do have a funnel that's connected to me right now. So anytime I do uh, have to go number one, that's connected to a bag uh, that's attached to my body. For number two, that's a different story. We'll just have to wait and see. Interesting. That's okay. <laughs> He's got a pee bag. Good for him. Absolutely wild. So so that raises the question, what, what lengths would you go to to save... A favorite restaurant, a favorite, you know, business or anything in in those uh, in that realm. I would go to great lengths, including sitting in bean dip for twenty four hours. Um, if only like just for the story alone, I think would be you know like imagine that icebreaker or like a never yeah. like <laughs> it would be worse like terrible if you're playing never have I ever with your friends because that's like an easy finger down all the time, right? Like I've never soaked myself in bean dip for twenty four like that's. <laughs> I, you got to put like a stipulation on, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would do something like that to, to save a local restaurant. I would do that for sure. Good for him. He's a, he's a hero. I mean that unironically. That is, that is true dedication. That is, that is King action right there. So, uh, soaking in bean dip. For he better be getting hours. like free food for like right. a month <laughs> at least. Watch it be free beans. And you know what? He is probably half bean now, having soaked so much. Some in. sort of bean gene now <laughs> in his DNA. Uh, I think that's all we got for you guys, though. He's a real human being. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to try to deliver those wacky, weird stories on Wednesdays now because I think it's a lot of fun to just look at the trending page on Twitter and see what the hell is going on in the world. That's fun and wild and not, you know, going to bring your mood down and, uh, you guys can join that. Tweet at us at Underground PHI. You can send us the weird, wacky stories. Let us know how you're feeling about this Blue Coats team as they get set to go win a championship. Shout out to the Blue Coats, their whole staff, and everything. Bring home the chip on Thursday night. And uh, let us know how you feel about the Sixers. If there's any new trade options you guys think the team should explore, the Flyers and their defensive woes, and of course, your excitement about this Phillies team, let us know. Also, Eagles, we haven't talked about it. Shout out Jason Kelsey. He's coming back. All the fake, weird Instagram made-up posts about how the Eagles are uh, potentially going to lose Jason Kelsey. They're going to release him or he's going to retire. They've all been debunked. He's back. So shout out to Jason Kelsey, a guy who should retire an Eagle through and through. Uh, shout out to uh, essentially the mayor of Philadelphia, I'd say. Uh, in our minds, in, in our minds, you know, he's the mayor, but, uh, follow us social media at underground PHI Twitter and Instagram. You can send us those weird wacky stories on either of those platforms. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBICCL three one one and make sure you guys check out the website underground sports, Philadelphia.com for all of our written content. And of course, subscribe 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 to the podcast leave those five star ratings and reviews how you're feeling about all of our team situations trade ideas all that good stuff your excitement about the blue coats potentially winning a championship 
Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. You can also, you know, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, we'll be back later this week, hopefully talking about a championship, coming home to Delaware, talking about this Phillies team, the Flyers, the Sixers, being back for the second half, and anything else that pops up weird in the world, we'll be back for it. Uh, shout out to our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, gets you 25% off your order at checkout, Manscaped.com, promo code USP, you get 20% off, free shipping, and a big old thank you from your balls, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, StatesideVodka.com, promo code USP to get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka, must be 21 or older to order, and of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 312 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Matt and I are going to go soak in some bean dip. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. We are signing off. Peace. I'm